I got a lot on my head. Gucci racks out on my head. Put a red dot on your head. I put that guap on your head. Don't be talking to me crazy. 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 I got a lot on my mind, yeah. I put that glove on my mind, yeah. I put that on your mind, yeah. I put that on your mind. Welcome back to Fiction Faction. I don't know what episode's number is this, but this is 2017. 2017, guys. Our first Yay. one back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all back. We're going to do a holiday one, uh, all holidays included. And uh, we just missed it because we were lazy. <laughs> yeah, you remember? We should we, do one. We should do one, guys, before everyone We're going to talk about our favorite holiday movies, holiday TV specials, holiday TV episodes. And then we just took our own holiday and said, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Let's not do it. What actually happened? Were we all just like we came just to that didn't day do it? We just did because it was the day that the snow first came out. Oh like yeah, my favorite excuse. And I'm I was sorry, like, I can't take the bus. It's snowing. God, just like no nope. Vancouver and snow. I was not even getting everything that. shuts down. Yeah, but all good, guys. How was how's everyone's holidays? Quick recap. James. Uh, Daniel. <laughs> I went to New York <laughs> and I saw two Broadway shows and it was awesome. And yeah, Bailey. Uh, I was in Mexico for the bulk of it, which you know, because you were there too. Same. What a coincidence. Wow. Crazy. So weird running into you at your parents' house. Yeah. (laughs) Two highlights. I was at home. It's nice, warm. I bought a skateboard. That's it. Dare to dream big, Brian. Mm -hmm. I do. I do. Uh, so now let's get into it with a little bit of a sad note that, uh, you know, this, everyone's already wrote, uh, written their think pieces and how much everyone meant to them. But we just want to acknowledge that the passing of Carrie Fisher and her mom, Debbie Reynolds, was it like two days? Like a day. It was like a day, a day between, yeah, kind of, which was pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. You know, like first the news came out of Carrie Fisher having a heart attack in a, in a plane or like before getting in a plane or something like that. And, you know, Twitter took a massive like crying rally of please god no don't let this happen 2016 fuck you <laughs> leave her alone <laughs> and then 2016 said oh yeah i'm gonna take her and her mom here yeah. you go so that you before- get for questioning yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't try to tell me what to do <laughs> was that before george michael who also sadly passed uh, george michael was christmas yeah, yeah so, so it was after because oh. i was working that day so one last one one last 2016 one. Mm-hmm. fucking garbage here uh but yeah you know Lots of lots of think pieces have been written about them, about how Carrie Fisher was more than Princess Leia, about Debbie Reynolds' uh, incredible career in musicals in Hollywood, and about their relationship, how, how crucial that was, how, you know, to pretty much survive the disaster that is Hollywood, and they made it together. And, you know, very sad, but gladly we have all their talents to look back and realize what incredible careers both of them had. Which leads us to a quick little note. Uh, there were some rumors circling around that Lucasfilm was thinking about using the likeness of Carrie Fisher for episode nine, because supposedly that was the one she was going to have a bigger role, like a big, big role in it. But uh, Lucasfilm came out, Kathleen Kennedy came out to shut it down and be like, we're not going to do that. We're very sad about what happened and we're done. But it's funny because last year, and this is our first topic of the day, Rogue One, because we all talk, I'll see it and I'll talk about it. Use the likeness of Peter Cushing, an actor who's been dead for lots of years, in in a very in a lot of times, a lot of scenes. What appeared to be like a little bit of a just a homage, just like a oh, it's a shite shot, it's all dark, and like no, he's in it and he's CGI and it's 
fucking weird. That's well, creepy. While we're still on Carrie Fisher, before we completely move <laughs> yeah, off yeah. of it, I just want to... Do we know if she's in episode eight and how yeah, much... Yeah, she's filmed everything. She's, it's all done. Yeah, supposedly so, she had not a big not a big role, kind of in part with episode seven. So the question kind of becomes then is like, are they going to kill her off to make her not be in nine? Because... And they'd have to do so without having anything filmed. It would have to be kind of... We talked about this on our own. I remember having this conversation like shortly after she died because I was wondering... If they filmed all of her stuff, they've got her her little story arc, whatever it is. If they're gonna have to kill her, it's gonna have to be like very much like and Leia didn't make it, like she because she unceremoniously. Can't, yeah, just very kind of mentioned. So I wonder. It just makes me wonder what they're gonna do with that. Well, you know, when they shoot all that stuff, they shoot a lot of stuff. Right, like they got plenty of different stuff kinds of shots, with, different yeah. kinds of. You know, we'll talk a little bit, a little bit more when we get into Rogue One. But you know, when directors get into the moment of it, they they're like, oh, that looks cool. How will it look from the other side? And they have plenty of footage that yeah. they can go through. So in my head, the easiest way to do this is just to have her like looking outside, like looking outside of space in, in a ship and then she's looking up or something like that. And that way you can have a scene where either Kylo Ren orders like, yeah, destroy them. And then he like goes through it and cries a little bit. <laughs> you thought about this in detail. Yeah. Well, I do think a lot about Star Wars. Well, I mean, yeah, the easiest way to do it would just be for like something to get blown up and yeah. it be insinuated that she was inside of it. Yeah. Or be shown that. Just like a way. shot of that in the explosion and then Luke all of a sudden like, no. Yeah. Ray also crying. But Rogue One. Rogue One. We've all seen it. Mm-hmm. We all have different thoughts about it. I have mm-hmm. no idea what James or Tanya think about it. So this is going to be very exciting. We should probably start there then. James, it's probably fresher in your memory than, than mine, because I saw it like the you day You, like, before. just seen it, right? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was a pretty busy Christmas. Um, it was okay. How how high <laughs> were you going into it? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think I was I was looking forward to it, for sure. And I, and I definitely, like, I thought... I'd heard it was really good, and that people enjoyed it. I kind of knew going in like some of the broader things like you know it's a war movie so you see people get shot in the head everybody dies like shit like that so see like, i did not know everybody died yeah. so when that mm-hmm. happened i was a little bit like i tried to avoid it but i listened to too many other podcasts to mm-hmm. not hear people wind up without a spoiler alert like I they mean... just launch into it like they're like oh it's blah 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 and they're talking about like some other movie and which or something like from 20 years ago like you know it's like Dirty Dozen blah blah blah, blah and like everybody dies again. I'm like yeah it's just like Rogue One like <laughs> thanks well I think I would have been pissed if everybody didn't die because if you're going into it you're knowing like this is a side story first of all you're not going to see these characters arcs continue yeah. anyways second of all they're stealing the plans for the Death Star. See, like I you know, I, don't, I did not. I didn't have that. Oh, okay. I, I I know very little about Star Wars, so every time I go into a Star Wars, I I, I know that I'm not gonna get everything. Like I know that going in, because I know there's gonna be some kind of connection to, you know, whether it's a prequel or whatever the fuck they do in the Star Wars uniform. It just like it 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 really confuses me. So I didn't know <laughs> that going into it. So I was a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think my friend who I went with <clears throat> knew that. So she was a little bit better with the ending than I was, but I was kind of like, what the fuck? And she's like, dude, it's like, and I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. So yeah, yeah. I'm probably not the best person to ask, but as compared to the last one that came out, yeah, I was not as impressed. I I just enjoyed that one a lot more than this one. That's always a good question right now. Well, when Rogue One actually came out, do you prefer Force Awakens? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. For 100%. And I think Rogue One got so much 
like too much hype and buzz. Like when yeah. critics were first watching it, when pre-screenings were happening, it was like, this is the, like Twitter was just like, this is the best Star Wars movie of all time. And I'm like, I don't know. I and then I saw it and, and I was like, like, no. And that ruins yeah. a lot of movies for me sometimes because critics will just go way too much like on this like Moonlight is the best movie. No, that is the exception <laughs> to the rule. But yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes I wish I could shut my mind off to what critics are saying, even though I know that I seek it out most of the time. But like, yeah, because I feel like most of the time when a movie gets like excellent reception, I end up not liking it as much as something that maybe didn't get quite as good reception. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it was annoying because like I, 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 it didn't, I get that they were, they were going for something darker and something more serious put more of the war and less on the stars kind of thing. But like they, especially in the beginning, the first bit of the movie, like there were so many little nods. They just kind of shoehorned in. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I need that. Like that's cause it, it, cause they're trying, they're painting this like really dark, really serious thing. And then it's like, Oh, they run into the two guys who like threaten Luke in the cantina. Like, yeah. Right. Or like, you know, they're, they're in, some, I can't remember what they're it was. They're in the little base. You see the little dancing, the dancing girl yeah. from Jabba's palace. Thing, palace, and it's like okay, like there's just all these little nods that aren't really necessary. And it was the kind of thing where like you already know, like, and this was actually one of my worries going in was, it's a movie where you know, it works out before yeah, it starts. Yeah, totally. Because you know that they got the plans to the Death Star. Yeah. You've already seen that movie. Yeah. So there's. The only thing at stake is like really like how many of them make it out. Or yeah, that's whatever. true. Like, 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 there's no suspense to it. Really, yeah, like you like, know, know it's gonna work out for the for the for the better ultimately. Yeah. And it was just yeah I don't know I just kind of walked out like mm -hmm. that happened and just kind of shrugged. So I walked out of that movie. <laughs> and and you know. I do. I I was absolutely not disappointed. Just like man, I did not like that. Like, I just... Oh, wow, flat out. Like, like... Diego Luna is excellent, and I think he does a lot of interesting things with the character. Uh, the cast in it is remarkable in what they do, and it's very diverse, so it's a breath of fresh air. But a lot of the movie, I was just like, let's take two steps back. Let's dial it a little bit back. It feels so messy. It feels a little muddy. It just, you know, one of, one of my biggest words was the, was the Darth Vader scene. That comes out, oh, and everyone, I hated on that too. everyone on Twitter is like, holy fucking shit, this is so good, this is so fucking good. Like, it looks, you know, it doesn't look as bad as, like, Yoda fighting Count Dooku in episode two. <laughs> and that looks bad. Yeah, it looks really bad. <laughs> and I love Star Wars, but that looks bad. It did look awkward. Like, it looked like they didn't hire a stuntman. They just had a guy, like, like a grip, They're like, oh, uh, forgot to book someone for this. You, get in the suit, wave the stick around. Like, it didn't really... Because that was part of the reshoots. <laughs> That was the last minute. That was like five oh, minutes wait. before. Okay, yeah. Are you talking about terrible. the scene where he takes everybody out, or are you talking about the scene when we like almost see his face, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, both combined. For me, because the I one did... where he takes everybody out, I'm like, whatever. It's a spectacle, but for me, yeah. it, it it doesn't feel earned because uh, a shout out to Atlanta because <laughs> it just I don't know the whole movie just doesn't feel earned in the sense like it tries to go for this dark moody thing and yeah that's cool like. We get a big sense of what the empires grasp on the on the galaxy is, which we never really get that before. We're just kind of like they're always just there, but now it's like they got bases here, they got bases there, they got this whole thing here. 
So the empire feels ever looming and like even more powerful than ever. So that push is there where, you know, we're going to know, we, we know that they get the plans, but how costly is that going to be? How, how much destruction is it going to cause in the rebellion? You know? Yeah. So the drama of who's going to make it wasn't really a big thing for me because A, if they made it, cool, we get comics about them. If they don't, then well, it'll be self-contained. And if they, if they don't, I mean, this works out great for them from a writing standpoint, because now they don't have to somehow explain yeah. retroactively where those characters went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Because, like, you're watching this whole thing, and there's these, you know, bigwigs from the Empire, but from both sides of the conflict, and you're like, huh, well, if these guys were around for this, where were they, like, when Luke was kicking it and stuff, and for the next, like, three... I don't movies know, and well, like, someone would ask. Like, like it was nice. They showed Jimmy Smith, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to go run up, run back to Alderaan real quick, and take care of some stuff." And they're like, "Oh, that's why we never see him again in the series because he wasn't old. He wasn't acting in '77, probably maybe, and also like, oh, because he got blown up and Alderaan got blown up. So yeah, but we're all right, problem solved. Don't have to worry about what happened to that character. Like, we kind of knew <laughs> that though, but but still, like, you don't watch episode seven. You're like, where's Wedge and Tilly's? <laughs> Like they had the, that was another throwaway. Like, like they're as as like the like uh, what Jin and everybody's like running away. Like they're like sorry, we can't blah blah. And then like, <clears throat> what's her name? The uh, the like rebellion, the uh, team leader. What are the the no like the woman in the white robes? Oh, uh, Mon Mothma. Yeah. So like as she's walking, it was oh shit. It was either her or the. Um, the intelligence head, one of those two characters. I can't remember which one. Anyway, as they were walking away, it's like a throwaway line. As just before Jin and whatever start talking, it's like Captain Antilly, blah blah blah. Like they just throw that in there too. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, so Wedge is already there, which is confusing because the whole thing with uh, with when Luke get, joins the rebellion in Episode Four, it's like Wedge. Hey, I haven't seen you. Like theoretically, they were both in Tatooine <laughs> at the same time. Maybe he left out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was I was questioning the timeline. Time, Rogue One is like five minutes before Episode Four. I know. So like several days before they actually go off to get the plan. Uh, get actually get the plans, or it might have been before they went off to get get her dad. No, it was when they went to get the plans. Like there's there's someone talking just almost off screen to Wedge. Yeah, it's Luke like, Luke talks with with Uncle Ben like that. He wants to go that like. Uncle Ben's like next season, which you know you could take it as a year or whatnot. Yeah. Because all his buddies are leaving, so that to me that tells me last year his buddy his buddy left. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting into it's, it's a little too nitty gritty. It's a little too much of that. Yeah, sorry, didn't mean to <laughs> um, take a stand that. But I have another complaint too. You wanna? Uh, I'm sorry, I feel like I cut off your what you were saying. Oh well, I was just saying that you know my whole feeling was let's take two steps back because a lot of this feels like. We're just too excited about it. We're just like, oh yeah, this is gonna be your... And the cool thing is that it works because of the last little bit. Like, even though I don't like the Darth Vader killing everyone's scene, <laughs> those last, like, the plans, the plans, and, yeah. da, 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 and that shoots into episode four. That's like... like right into episode four. The yeah. heaviest my heart has beat in, like, that, in, the, in that year of movie cinema. Like, it was incredible. It's that moment of like, oh my God, and this is episode four, and now <laughs> Instead, Going back to it and seeing it a second time, it's like, ah, oh, it's cool, but, you know, I go back to this argument that episode seven came out and everyone's like, this feels too fan fiction-y, like, it's like, they're just like, cool, Star Wars, we get to do what we want, and, uh, but that one feels earned in as a, we're setting up these characters, we're setting up this, this plot, and we're going to earn it more and more throughout the movies. 
This one has to do it in one movie, which is harder. Yeah. But also, it's just too in the comfort of episode four. Like, episode four is here to save us if anything fails. Yeah. I... On a kind of separate note, though. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no <laughs> worries. Like, um, we'll we'll also, end it with that. I also felt like the whole... The movie... The timeline... I don't know what the actual timeline is supposed to be for Rogue One. But it's seen, like, how many days or weeks it takes. Like a couple it, days. It take, yeah, exactly. Like, it feels really compressed. Like, we find out the plans, we go to this, we do this, and we get the plans, blow up the planet. Yay. <laughs> like, in a couple of days, and it's like, we're, we're traveling all over the universe. Can we put a little thought into this <laughs> and slow it down a little? Like, it just felt yeah, a little yeah. too rushed. Yeah, light then, speed. And as, but also that meant that, like, there were a lot of things that I feel like got... Like they like there were little plot things or whatever that they never used, like the whole thing with um, sorry with um, Forrest Whitaker's character, where they're like, mm-hmm. there's this whole this whole crux at the beginning is we have to we need you, so we're yeah. gonna bust you out of prison because you know him from when you were a kid, and then maybe he'll talk to you because he won't talk to us because we need him in order to find out what this super weapon is and, and take it down or whatever we gotta do. They. They didn't need him for shit. Like, like yeah. I mean, yeah. like, like he wasn't used. He was just in a scene younger and in a scene older, and then it's done. And it's like, oh, well, that seems like we went a long way around for nothing. Yeah. And then, and then, um, and then, some, and then there's other things like, like when they go into the um, the research station, like with the central computer hub thing, and like she's wearing the little black like the, the blackout mm-hmm. uniform with the like. It looks like she's got a pair of swords crossed across her back. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Like, this is going to be cool. And, like, she never uses them. She just... <laughs> then they're like, oh, we have to climb. So they, they disrobe. And it's like, wait. Again. So you had this cool uniform with what looks to be swords or at the very least some, like, Filipino awesome. fighting sticks or something. And you guys, <laughs> you didn't have to use them once. You just left it all to the android to shoot people. Like, On this that is topic really of annoying. not using stuff, too, that moment in one of the trailers... What will you... Come. Yes, where she like looks and like like whatever that just a was. Bit of a... Yeah, whatever that was, where she's walking with the thing that was that doesn't happen. So, so that like, leads yeah. to what I just said, and we'll end it with this one because we gotta move on. <laughs> uh, there's a story about. It's been very incredibly actually surprising that there's so much truth about what went behind the scenes for Rogue One. Uh, Gareth Edwards has said that that first trailer was took from was taken from parts of things that he just like cool shit to film not the actual movie so he's in a podcast quoted as uh let me see if i can find it i feel like you wanted to touch on the cgi stuff and we never made it there that's fine Uh, (laughs) i felt bad about it i was like peter cushing it's a little weird it looks a little weird didn't they do it to um was the again I can't, I'm not gonna get her name the one in the white robes like my mother no she's real that was an actual yeah for a real human being okay because they got yeah. someone who looks and sounds a lot like the uh, the woman from episode 4 uh, Leia <laughs> like it was really similar and I was like did they do that for her too or it's, it's only Leia and Cushing okay mm-hmm. um, which was a nice little accidental homage to Leia yeah, yeah. turns out to be mm-hmm. I hope that's not like the end shot in the Oscar in memoriam because it looks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm like, what? That's fine. Anyways, he just says like, oh, basically that was just cool shit we shot, and that ended up being the first trailer. And that first trailer came out like 
two weeks after they started shooting. That was insane. They were like, we're filming now. Trailer. And that happens quite a bit where I'll see a trailer and I'll be like, oh, this scene looks cool. And then it's like nowhere to be nowhere found in the movie. That's just, I guess, But it kept up. happening though. Like trailer after trailer, oh, it kept yeah. happening. There's a shot of, of Jin going up with a, with a gun against a TIE fighter, like blowing her down in front of her, like looking to shoot. There's the scene where they're running in the beach and the ATATs yeah. are chasing them. And I don't know. Anyways, in the end, we feel like it, it was, to me, the biggest thing that I take away is like a wasted opportunity, but cool shit in the end happened. So, yeah, fine. And like really <laughs> cool, talented, diverse cast. That's something super important to applaud. It's, it's, it's the, the next step, put a female director I love in the it. two Asian dudes. Yeah. yeah they were, they were, they were, they were, so were the great. highlight. They were really great. I'm not going to say the line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So we're gonna jump into uh, <laughs> the force. To, yeah, <laughs> to a quick uh, Golden Globe recap. That was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Not two? three. A week. Two. Definitely like one or two. Okay. Probably it's not even like two. A week. It's one yeah. week. Can you think? Yeah. Was it, it was last, last Sunday? Sunday? Yeah, I guess. I think oh so. shit! I don't know. Man, living life <laughs> too fast. Uh, so the big thing for me was Atlanta's Big Night. Donald Glover and uh, Atlanta won Best TV Show over. Mm-hmm. Well, this comedy or, or musical yeah but i mean like those guys seem to be having some fun that was that was good because did you hear though that we're not getting new atlanta until 2018 because yeah. star wars because right, right. Mm-hmm. he is too busy doing i can i can wait the star wars yeah like, i want it but like i know it'll be good i can i can wait for it yeah I, I guess there's some shows that like the more time in between series you kind of start to wonder if they're gonna like lose the the plot whereas like something like Atlanta I don't worry about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. there's a plot it's of this not, show yeah exactly it's not about also I don't worry that he sounds like an insult but it's <laughs> I don't worry that he'll be like I'm too good for the show now because it's, it's, it's his he, him and his yeah. brother are writing it so yeah which it's, is so sweet I don't think I actually knew that him and his brother wrote it yeah I think that's pretty cool well he has a good diverse uh group of writers but his brother is the one like the main guy that he has like the throw Back and forth ideas at. Um, so let's. I think let's just let's just open the floodgates. Let's just pick it apart. <laughs> uh, favorite moment of the night. Favorite moment. If of you the can night. recall, or something that you were like, cool. Um, there, yeah, there was a lot of not so great. Yeah, uh, no, that's why was, you're like. That's why I want to start with the uh, good start stuff. Start with the good stuff. Okay. And let's go into the bad stuff later. I thought the tribute to Meryl Streep and her following speech were pretty great moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other for me would be Kristen Wiig and Steve Carell mm-hmm. were the that only was... fucking funny people <laughs> on that, that stage so that whole night. That was really. They good. were hilarious, and I was like, oh my god, thank you. Like I actually laughed, and I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to laugh like between the awards but it just never happened mm. um so probably those two moments I would say Tanya favorite first uh, good I first don't know something good. Think about the good something I don't good. know that I have one I shout really... out to the Migos <laughs> yeah like I mean it, we already talked about how great a night it was for Atlanta and I really liked his acceptance speeches um favorite moment gosh um can I add one yeah. Uh, when Diego spoke Spanish. Yes! Yes, there we go, because I tweeted yeah. about this shit. That was like the, the... I was so happy. Like, for him to come out in Trump's America and, like, <laughs> present in Spanish, <laughs> like, for me, that was just, like, the most quietly badass thing that he could have done. Like, I don't even know if it was intentional if for that reason, but regardless, like, I was just like, yeah. 
You tell you tell the room full of white people I to think, shut up in Spanish. Like you do I think it. he's got to know that he's really like representing something for a lot of people. Like that, he, yeah. He, you know, because yeah. it's been constant. For, it's, I mean, he's not gonna. I don't, maybe he'll continue to have moments throughout the war season. But Mexico has had pretty good representation the past couple of years. Cuaron, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu, uh, Demian Bichir have won big awards lately in That's the past true. couple of years. So you get that like, ah, oh, cool. But you don't always see someone on screen in a leading role with like, like a thick accent. Yeah. Like you don't, you just don't see that when they're not playing like a villain or mm-hmm. like a drug dealer. Like right. you don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's never discussed. It's just this is how also, he speaks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I, <laughs> I was watching an interview with him with um, somebody was asking him. They're like, oh, was there ever a conversation? You know, like what accent you would use? And he was like, yeah, I think it was. This is my accent. <laughs> you know, like this is how I'm gonna speak. Yeah. Which I thought was really great. No, it's good because also it shows this like other aspect of. Speaking Spanish that isn't fucking Sofia Vergara. I can't speak English. She should just be like, can you write me some new jokes that don't have to do with how apparently I've, you know, been in Hollywood for this long, but I speak no English at all. There's two reasons why she's been in Hollywood for this long. You know exactly what what are those, You know exactly what they are. I don't know, Brian. You do know, James. Brian, you're going to have to tell me. Which I mean, in a way, kudos to her for playing the game, but I feel like Right, she that's what I feel like she's doing, right? Yeah. She's, she's like, oh, they want, like, stupid... She knows. You like, know, good-looking, dumb, like, girl who isn't from America yeah. playing she's the role aware of that. I don't think she's, you know... Someone's trophy wife. I, mm-hmm. I don't pretend that she's not aware of that, in which case, yeah, kudos to her. But I just wish that they could maybe see her in a different light. I mean, she has that Head and Shoulders commercial with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's... James, did you watch the show? The Golden Globes? Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Well, let's. No, we're right. gonna tell you everything that was wrong with it. Let's jump yeah, into no, the bad. Let's jump into the bad. And by the way, let me just before we really open the floodgates, I think the encompassing element of the bad will be the big fight between La La Land and Moonlight and the big robbery that happened to uh, Marshala Ali. Let me just say. I was very excited for the Globes. I don't know why. I always know I'm gonna be let down, but I was very it's excited. It's weird. They're a weird show. And I had, and I had, you know. I guess some pretty high expectations and I was totally ready to like live tweet the show and then (laughs) the first award that they present which is arguably the only award that Moonlight had on lock (laughs) and we know what happens I can picture this perfect were you at home yes yeah we like we ordered pizza you know my family like I took my mom and my brother to see Moonlight because they know how much that movie meant to me yeah so they were you know there was no qualms in my house about who the household was voting for no one was like, like actually uh, Manchester by the Sea is actually better yeah no oh my god no, which by the way I love Manchester by the Sea Manchester by the Sea is great yeah but, no here's the thing though it's not even it's the fact that that he was robbed of the best actor supporting best actor. supporting actor that he, he just should have won over everyone mm-hmm. and he should have won it was that he lost to um, in Nocturnal Animals it was the character who played like the rapist Aaron Taylor Johnson yes ah. and, and Noctur- I really liked Nocturnal Animals but like there's no way no way in it's, hell that, that guy yeah. should have won over it's, most people in that category to be yeah. honest I was kind of yeah. like what is yeah, he doing yeah. in that category he took a dump on a movie and that's it yeah. oh god oh god <laughs> you just put that fucking vision back in my head it's so terrible anyways um, yeah you know what from Nocturnal Animals I will say although he played like a monstrous person he was kind of one of the 
standouts, I guess. I wasn't a huge fan of Nocturnal Animals, but I'm like, okay. But it just, something about it rubs me the real, like a really fucking wrong way that like somehow a, you know, portrayal of a monstrous, rapist, murderous, a uh, white man is more compelling than a black drug dealer who nurtures a young boy who's, you know, very lost and without, you know, I don't know. It, part of me is like, should I be viewing it that way? Should it like, should it just be on performance alone? It, but in which case, either way, either way that I look at this, I feel like Mahershala had it. Mahershala mm-hmm. should have had it. Like, it doesn't matter which way I look at it. If I'm looking at the ethics of the character or if I'm looking at, like, the just straight up the acting chops of the people behind these characters, like, it's, it was Mahershala's fucking... What is what is Aaron Taylor Johnson done besides this, though, honestly, too? KKS. Uh, <laughs> Quicksilver. Uh, yeah, okay, so, like, this is his, like, first, like... No, he's no, done. He's, like, he's had, he has a. He's done a lot of stuff. Oscar he's Beatty. Like, really? Does two, he? He does Oscar Beatty stuff. Anna Karenina. Yeah. Uh, not savages. Godzilla. I not just Godzilla. felt like out of everyone. Okay, who was Albert Nobbs? It's too Chattern. late. Like you're like I don't even care, right? <laughs> I don't. Was, no. Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water. Simon Helberg for Flor- oh, okay. Florence Foster Jenkins and again, Doug. how does that movie keep making? <laughs> like every time you hear Florence Foster Jenkins, I can't even be angry though because I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. What? So oh, for, for, yeah, yeah, I didn't see it, so I'm not gonna be. Did you I can't it? be mad about no. it. I'm just you so know, irrational. Just <laughs> assuming it's gonna be bad. Just irrationally it upset. <laughs> like most I of it. Looked charming. Anyways, <laughs> no joke. I'm I'm gonna watch it. Okay, so like Dev week. Patel and Lion, yeah. which I haven't seen seen either. But people. By the way, why is he best supporting actor? The Isn't trailer he the star? and the poster have yeah, his face in it. Oh, oh, well, because it's supposed to. T- I think it doesn't. It tell from when he's like a kid and when he gets lost so there's cause you but saw but he's the movie yeah he's on the he's the big face on the poster the he's movie. the whole thing it's him and Nicole Kidman there's the sad scene with Nicole like, Kidman but she got supporting too well then who's the star of this movie is it the kid <laughs> yeah, I don't know, the kid was pretty darn cute. You Mara? saw when you brought that kid out, right? That kid was pretty adorable. So, needless to say, that was the most disappointing. Yeah, point it of the set night. a really bad tone for the show for me, and it was really the only, honestly, the only award given out that I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like most of the award picks, I was well, like, "Okay, you know what? Actually, mm. fucking." The night manager coming and like sweeping a whole bunch of awards. I haven't really watched weird. it, so I can't say. Here's um, what it is: the Hollywood Foreign Press being like, "You up? Yes, here you go." And then also, um, again, I haven't seen the night manager, but I oh well, I've heard it's good. Yeah, but it kind of came from <laughs> nowhere because like there were so many like other because they didn't want to give it to people versus OJ, right? But that why? was the, I don't know. That <laughs> the was Hollywood Foreign Press. But it was fucking weird. weird. But it was weird to me because like that's kind of been the, the yeah they pit. got their moment at their at the emmys the whole important press looks at that and so says, i thought those were on lock you know what i mean yeah so also yeah. the crown I, again i hear it's really good the i crown? yeah every I, time i see another british monarchy thing, i'm like a, i don't care it's also a european pretty you know? british thing yeah, that, that, that the bores Hollywood me press so much it was like at. when the king's speech won i'm like fuck off like you i know. i can't That's shit a on good the movie that was a boring movie. All right, all right, all right. That like, was in okay, the past. We <laughs> We're 2017 now. New beginnings. <laughs> Is it my turn yet? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, thanks. I um, <laughs> I can't shit on the night manager winning because a I haven't seen it, and b I don't really have a problem necessarily with shows kind of coming out from the background 
and getting like accolades because I wish that like the night of would have gotten something. I like there's little shows like that I saw that I loved that I wish would have had that kind of victory. Well, so if the night manager is in that kind of category, then I'm happy for it. But that was a conversation too with Tom Hiddleston winning. They're like fucking Riz Ahmed was in that category and he was amazing. But of course they give it to the proper British man and his who gives a proper British boy accent. I think yeah. I, 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 I... Also, acceptance speech. Which actor was it that gave the speech uh, about um, struggling children in Tom Hiddleston, and then finished it with a pat yeah. on the back yeah. for himself and the show? They, they would watch the Night Manager. Yeah, he went on this whole thing about yeah. how they went to yeah. how he went to Sudan. You know, I feel like this struggle might be why I'm upset actually. And then at the very like this whole like you think it's <laughs> going to be somewhat compelling of the struggle that's the happening best. there, and then he finishes it by saying. And then we met these people who are actual medical professionals there helping people and they watch the night manager. And so we can right. help them. And I'm like, what? Right. Why did you don't do this? Like, maybe, just say thank you and get off the stage. Maybe this is all like part, a though. long con like for to promote like Thor Ragnarok coming up. Because like he's like, you guys, you guys have kind of started to like me again. Remember, I'm a villain. So I'm going to start pissing <laughs> oh you off early. God. The best part of that, though, is did you guys see the memes that came out of yeah, that? All the reactions, the reactions were, oh, uh, God, Christian Slater's. Me, I was gonna say Naomi Rapace. Uh Naomi Harris just kind of like yeah, they're so mm-hmm. great. And uh, the guy from Mr. Robot just like yeah, trying to understand like <laughs> he's what's going on here. Where are you going okay. with this? Yeah, yeah no. it was really great. And, yeah, not a great moment. Some say that that killed his chances to be James Bond. By some, I say me. <laughs> uh, another big thing of the show was. Jimmy Fallon was like not good, not good at all. And like took like an hour home. break in middle in the middle of the show. Yeah, people are tweeting like, "Did Jimmy go home?" Yeah, like, <laughs> try to make some Trump jokes at the beginning and like just Bruh. to show maybe, how uncompelling some, he was to me. I didn't even notice he was gone. <laughs> maybe he had some bad craft service and needed some alone time. <laughs> I mean. He, the only oh, one decent Jimmy part of that whole thing was like the beginning musical montage, but that wasn't even all him. Yeah. That was like other people combined and that was like a group of writers got in a room and came up with some funny shit for the beginning. That and wasn't the, Jimmy starring. Yeah. Like you mean the La La Land ripoff? And, and, the, then, yeah, and yeah, then they were like, this is all bad. Let's just put the kids from Stranger Things. And yeah. They saved it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, he just wasn't. And now I'm kind of questioning like. How much do I even actually like Jimmy Fallon? So here's because, the question. Here's right. the question. Are we sure Jimmy Fallon is good? I don't know that he is anymore because it made me start thinking about, like, what is his show? Do you know what it is? It's a lot of, like, celebrity gags of, like, making celebrities say and do funny shit. I don't know how much well, that he actually that he says funny shit. He does, like, the, the thing the where they have to, like, sing and mimic Which other people's the voices. Show. Yeah. yeah. Like, he has a whole bunch of shit that he invites celebrities on and makes them do funny shit. Does he actually say that much shit that makes me laugh? Now I don't know. No. Um, do you know uh, what no, I mean? No, he no. was fun on SNL back in those days, but it's a different time. I've never felt like the the big difference is you know that those shows go are heavily scripted. The monologue is scripted, the jokes are scripted, the thank you notes, all of it is scripted. But when he's interviewing someone, you can get those glimpses of like, oh, this is really funny. That's where he's funny. And I don't see that with him at all. In yeah, the other hand, with true. Colbert, you can get very political with stuff. And I think, sadly, he placed his eggs in that wrong basket of betting like politically against Trump. But he has moments when he's interviewing someone. It could be the stupidest thing. But he's funny out of nowhere. Found doesn't really have that for me anymore. And yeah, he's just like celebrity, whatever, come here, mm-hmm. promote your thing, look cool like in front of us, I'll laugh at your joke. We'll make a video that will go, that people viral, will watch, it'll go viral, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Trump tussle hair. 
we were talking during it. We were like, oh, Jimmy Fallon. I was, I, um, I thought Larry Wilmore would have been good. Yeah, would have been a good choice. That would have been there. There was like a million people that would have been better, but that was someone who had like, oh, I like. He to made see that her. awful Chris Rock impression at the beginning. That was really, really bad. Did we there? Yeah, I was like, stop, please. Just it kept going. Her. It I wasn't know. just like a one line, like ha, that's like also, a Chris Rock line. It I, just kept going. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he like broke out into song randomly as he was introducing somebody. I'm trying to remember what exactly it was, but I remember just cringing. <sighs> yeah, it was with Jake Gyllenhaal, I think. It was a lot of cringy moments. Yeah, sure. and he, he, made, like, he did a little. Like jig and everything, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And Jake Gyllenhaal was like, cool. Yeah, there was a lot of really not good things. Final shout out of the night for me: <laughs> Rocky and Apollo coming out <laughs> to the theme, and Milo went to me like, yeah, dad, yeah, you're yeah, 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 it. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, man. I remember that? Do we not? Something about it rubbed me the wrong way that when he opened the envelope and saw that it was Moonlight, he passes it to the black guy next to him and he's like, that's for you. Well, but Sly I feel like I'm like the only one plus. who had that reading of it. Sly because is I, like 70 plus hanging enough, out with Trump. Like I'm in an Italian household when I'm watching this, so nobody's going to say anything bad about Sylvester Stallone. No. But literally, I turn to my family <laughs> and I'm just like, is that not like fucking weird that he did that? That he opens it and he goes, this is for you, to the black guy standing next to him. Because I, like, I looked at it as more as like, like, uh, Carl Weathers is... Uh, the camera is on me, and, and it should be on Carl Weathers. So you you can say that because, you you know... But it's still, like, hand down, like, here you go, it's Carl just, Yeah, it was just kind of strange to me. Also, why was Michael B. Jordan not in that show? It would have been perfect. Uh, Get up and be like, yo, Pops. Like, <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> that wraps up our Golden Globes discussion. No, it doesn't. We didn't even... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just... I... I I, I would just, uh, for the final thing, I guess, because yeah. I know we have to move on, um, I would like to say that I was super duper bothered by the amount of times that people said hidden fences, <laughs> uh, because I don't think it should be that hard to distinguish two movies with like people of color starring in them that who, have completely different titles. Who said it the second time that I was... I don't remember, but like two people, it was said twice during kind of like a, the pre-show stuff that people yeah. were tweeting about, like the fuck, yeah. and then but someone announced Michael it, Keaton like, came out. That yeah. was it. I was so upset. I was like, Mike, no. It was in like an int- a couple of interviews like yeah. with... Uh, Daniel Monier or Octavia Spencer, I, I can't remember. Somebody I was like, tell you for sure. Or with Viola Davis, I was like, oh, this movie, this, your movie Hidden Fences. And then they asked them something about, like, how drunk are you going to get tonight? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, it's, again, just when you think, like, we're trying to fix this, like, <laughs> here we go, more bad stuff about people, that, movies that predominantly represent African-American culture. Rapid thoughts. Um, <coughs> oh, I just wanted to bring up that one thing that really bothered me. Um, I mean, besides the fact that La La Land swept, like we'll talk more about La La Land because mm-hmm. right, we've seen it. But the thing that bothered me when people would go up and have their acceptance speech on behalf of La La Land, the fact that they made it seem like this story that could never get made, that did my mm-hmm. fucking head in. Every time they would go up and be like, thank you for believing in this story about white, beautiful people falling in love in Hollywood. Like, who would ever <laughs> invest in this? And I'm just like, shut the fuck. Like, it really, like, I could not. I don't, I don't want to come down into the fence of that, but I think what they meant was... <laughs> This is a musical. Nobody makes musicals anymore. We're making a musical. But it's a musical with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Yeah. It still... I don't it know. It could have not been, though. It could have not It could have been. been nothing. 
It could have also I been think. Miles Taylor and Emma Watson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I still feel like God. people would have went to go see. I don't know. I just I don't. It, I didn't. It, I didn't. I don't buy that. I don't disagree thing. at all that the story is not like this important needed to be told story the same way Moonlight is because as, as we will get to, I I am pretty sure we have made this point more than enough <laughs> times. Moonlight is the most important movie of 2016, uh, but La La Land in a scope of. This is a musical like they used to do. We we Hollywood love watching stuff about how we used to do stuff, and that's why all these awards are coming down on it. I mean, but the whole movie kind of hinges on appealing to that nostalgia that Hollywood obviously mm-hmm. has. So I don't understand how they would have thought that wouldn't have worked. I wouldn't. I don't really see a way that that wouldn't have worked unless they got two completely unknown actors. Unless the music was awful, you know. Which- I, Which I, I really like the music, by the way. But okay, we, well, we have to get into this later. I know. Though, if we're going to talk about the movie, yeah. Let's, let's bring, okay, I think we should bring James into it. Let's bring James into it. Who? And you guys... <laughs> phone down. Who? Let's do it. Me? Here's yeah. your Sense8 bomb. Drop it on us. What is this thing? Even though it's been like two years now. That's just like, no, it was an see? unceremonious, like, shoehorning into the movie. Well, we're trying to move on, but this thing keeps moving in front of me. All right, Sense8 is a... Really brilliant show on Netflix. Yep. Uh, brought to you by the Wachowskis mm. of Matrix and Cloud Atlas fame. And two different. Speed Racer. Don't and Speed Racer you. and uh, other things. Um, essentially, the plot revolves around a group of individuals around the world who, in the first episode, are quote unquote birthed. Yeah, like their, their psychic link is activated. And so as they become aware of each other and they can kind of like sense you talk to each other and use each other's skill sets and languages and even kind of embody like like what's the word I want to say like possess each other sort of yeah but not in like a forceful way like in a like cooperative way each other but only yeah. they can see each other but me but as they get awoken to that they're also now targeted by the people the shadowy pseudo-government sort of agency thing that's, like, hunting these people and, like, killing them. It's, like, like lobotomizing them. Whispers. Yeah, so, and so it's, it gets into... It's just, it's, like, a, just a really interesting... It's more character-driven than action-driven, but there's some really, really good action sequences. There's some ridiculous, like, ridiculous sex scenes. <laughs> As to be expected. Yeah, I mean, there's... It's, it's, and Which it's, are great. Like, I hate oh, to say there's, that, there's but they're so... <laughs> not, like, not for the reason that you guys might be expecting, where you're like, oh, you guys are just watching it being like, oh, no, they're just kind of <laughs> genius to watch unfold. <laughs> like, like, okay, in one example from season one, um, a couple of the characters are having sex with their significant others, but they psychically link to each other and to other members who are not with anyone. So, like, one of the guys is a cop in Chicago, and so as these other characters are, are having sex, he's psychically linked, and it's like he's having sex. So you see these shots of all of them having sex together, but in each location. But then you also get shots of them having sex just with their partner, or in the case of this guy, he's, like, pumping iron or whatever at the gym, and he's like, oh! Like, he's just fully into it. <laughs> 
It's like it's hilarious. We're going back first. Oh, yeah, this it's is so like the great. first season. Oh, how there, many seasons then, are there? Yeah. Well, uh, okay, so there they're was, just starting season two in May. Yeah, so there was the It'll whole the whole first season, and then it took kind of like an, an extended break because mm. they had some recasting issues. They recasted one of the the main characters, which I thought they dealt with kind of hilariously. Yeah, that was Christmas pretty good. Special. Yeah. Like his friend is just like you look different. And he's just like, oh yeah, new barber. And it's just like, ha, see what you did there. But it was yeah. kind of funny. But anyways, yeah, so there's that first season and there's like that one orgy scene that James is talking about and then there's another one in the Christmas special, of course. Yeah. It's so not you Christmas keep, without an orgy. Right? You gotta pe- keep people hooked <laughs> yeah. so they come back in May. Um, but yeah, in general, I thought the Christmas special was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, it was really good. Because, I mean, you do, I was a little hesitant at first because I'm like, okay, they're gonna do it's been so long. They're going to drop us with this like two hour special. And then they're going to go away again for, you know, until May. So I was like, I don't know if this is going to work, but it was just light enough. And just like, it ends on a note where you're just kind of like, okay, now I'm definitely going to come back for the, the rest yeah. of the season in May. So I thought it was really well done for what it was. Yeah. Cause um, the cliffhanger in season one is such that it's like, you just, you, f- you finish it and you go like, where do you go from there? Like you're, like it's it's just it's hard to envision a way for the characters to, you know, get out of the situation they're in, kind of thing. And then season two does a good job of, or sorry, the this, this Christmas special. special does a good job of kind of bridging, like addressing that and like having them kind of turn the tables. And like by the end, they're like, okay, we're gonna get proactive, or we're gonna, you know, like so it it does a good job of getting out of the hole that like the corner that they seem to have almost written themselves into with season one so it's yeah Yeah, and I think what's great about it because James kind of mentioned like it's it's more so character driven than Mm -hmm. it is action driven which works for somebody like me where normally a show about people who are psychically linked and it wouldn't normally appeal to me but I think what keeps me engaged with this show is really everyone's relationships with each other like Mm -hmm. there are these characters are weaved together in a really beautiful way and there are characters that come together as support systems for each other in ways that like you wouldn't expect like these two characters obviously would never communicate otherwise like not just because they're like one person's in India and one person's in in you know Germany or whatever but like it's just it's really cool to see what they rely on each other for and what like skills or like emotional sets like they source from each other and I think that's probably the most compelling thing for me it's also probably one of like the most diverse casts that I've seen in modern television super diverse and like and diverse characters right like like two of the uh like yeah like there's four I want to say like the eight because the the main kind of uh, pod of like people that are connected are like eight, and I think it's four men and four women. Yeah. And like one of the women is trans, and one of the men is he's uh, his character is like a Mexican action movie star. He's living, <laughs> but he's living like he's gay and he's living in closet oh, life. Oh, Lito! Lito's so great. Lito's like the best. The best part of that he's show. He's so good. He's so oh, he's good. so funny. Yeah. But like it's but it's a it's like so you get like just the the relationships and the both with within within the people in their in their 
pause pause not the word they use on the show what's the cluster cluster yeah within <laughs> the cluster and like with the people in their like physical lives right like it's you get all these interesting interplays and like people within the cluster falling in love and getting into each other but like they're you know literally a world yeah. apart and stuff so yeah also the take yeah. on sexuality is really interesting yeah, yeah. in the show because you have you know a character that is you know a straight chicago cop or like a gay Mexican action star and then they end up like having sex you know like, yeah, in, like, like every yeah it's <laughs> everything is very like it's yeah things are not it's I don't like that there's there's no like rigid lines when it comes to that because they're all linked in this way mm -hmm. you know um so it's very it's not something yeah I haven't seen anything quite like that on tv or on netflix mm -hmm. but yeah do so, either of you like have a critique in regards to it, like even just one thing, or is it pretty like you're pretty content with question. the whole thing? Because I find for me, even with shows I love, there's yeah. there's always little things that I'm like, but that moment See, or that for me, it's kind of like I watched the first season right when it came out, and so I've I've been removed from it for a while now. And then the Christmas special happened, and I watched that, and then I left for New York and kind of forgot about it. But like, so I'm... I I rewatched it. Because I watched it, maybe not right when it came out, but not, it was quite a while ago that I watched the first season, and I re-watched it before I watched the um, Christmas special, and I actually liked it a lot more the second time through. Yeah. Like, because I was like, I kind of had a better sense of what was going on, and, and I was like, oh, like, this is, and I saw, noticed things I didn't see before, but it's pretty, it's, the the storytelling's, like, the, the writing's pretty tight on it, like, there's not a lot, yeah. of, not a lot of holes um, and when there are, like, they're, they're acknowledged, if not, a, they don't, maybe don't fill the hole, but they acknowledge mm -hmm. that there is one, or there's things they don't know, or things they should have done different, the char I mean, the characters, yeah. or whatever. Which is, usually, that's my, my problem with a lot of, like, sci-fi shows, where I feel like there's just too much that happens where I'm like, that's bullshit, or, like, there's a hole, or it's just, it's not written smartly enough for me to... Mm -hmm. to keep going with it, but yeah, this show, I don't think I ever had one of those moments, like... Like, we were talking about the OA before amongst each other, and that's another kind of, like, sci-fi, fantasy-driven show. Um, but there's so many moments in that show where I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> but I don't have that with this show. Like, it is... It can be a little bit of a mindfuck, but, again, like, it's written so well that everything feels like it's explained. Like, yeah. there was never a moment where I was like, what? Like, that... You know? Yeah, and, like, it's, and like it's serious. It's heavy at times but like for the most part like you never it never feels like yeah like they're trying to mind fuck you and it never feels like they're trying to like weigh you down with or like slap you in the face with like social issues and stuff like mm -hmm. there's a lot of kind of lighthearted bits and like kind of comedy yeah. woven into it as well even though it's not a comedy but no and that's kind of what i yeah i loved about the christmas special too because there was this whole um, cause the cluster, they're all born on the same day at the exact same moment, which is why they become a cluster because they have that connection from birth. Right. Yeah. Um, so they kind of like, there's this montage scene where they like celebrate their birthday together by like visiting the different places in the world where each other is and it's kind of like a really nice like joyous yeah scene, yeah right they have like For a, a big show birthday that's, party yeah it's which like is, worldwide birthday party which i feel like it could have come off as corny but for, somehow it works in a show that's like can have those heavy scenes but also it's so much mm -hmm. so much emphasis is placed on how much these characters 
have grown to like really love each other and love this connection that they have with each other, even if it comes with some kind of unfortunate consequences, right? Mm-hmm. With them being hunted and stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't really think I have a critique. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty riding on like the greatness of the Christmas and special. It, and it does a lot of like like even though like I just said doesn't hit you in the face a lot of social commentary or whatever like there is a lot of like you know very pro like pro gay and pro trans messages and stuff and like and there's a lot of like subtle examinations of like um like class systems and like and uh like there's there's one scene which is really interesting where like you know like people like the one character's in Africa and he's living in literally like sort of a half mud half like you know mm-hmm. salvaged bits of met- wood and metal like just a shack a right yeah but he's got like a big screen like a flat screen tv um, oh, so one of them visits and yeah. she's like and she's from like she's rich well r- sort of rich she's, she's up, well upper off. middle like she went to middle, university yeah. and you know upper middle class in, in india right and she's like you know i visited places like this in india and they, and they they also had a big tv but they don't have any shoes they don't have this they don't have this like why the TV? And he's like, he's like, um, or what was the thing that she compared it to? Like, why don't they have a something, something? And he's like, well, that thing, that whatever thing that you think we should have over a TV keeps you here, whereas like a TV lets you leave. Yeah, it brings and you out. Yeah, of the it brings slum. you out yeah. of the slum. Yeah. So, and like, there's all these like interesting little conversations where they compare like classes and like ways of living around the world but like never in a judgy way like Mm -hmm. in a really like Mm -hmm. yeah like it's not necessarily better or worse it's just different it's so there's like these interesting scenes where they learn about each other and and culture and stuff and a final note i think with a show like this where there's like eight main characters i think it could have been so easy because i've seen other shows where they try to do that where there's shit fuck ton of main characters and but they actually really focus on like yeah and people always get fucked out of you know and then you'll have a favorite and you'll be like oh but they're not showing off of them like this show does a really good job of weaving them all together and i don't feel like really you don't get enough time with Mm -hmm. a certain one or over the other like i like that they show they do a really good job of telling and showing everyone's story and how they relate to each other and also like aside from that um so i think that's another thing that makes the show really stand out for me yeah yeah, it's really, really good. Cool. Yeah. Did it come out like this year or last year? Uh, I think it re- the first season was. I think it was fourteen, like two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Wow. Really? Like it took. It's taken like a while to get this Chris this mm-hmm. third because they also like I think they did that and then did Cloud Atlas and then. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm just always fascinated <laughs> by like what catches the general's attention of uh, what what catches that wave of gravitas of like entertainment from Netflix because their shows are so. You know, they just come out of nowhere, right? Like, yeah. All of a sudden, we're all captured by Stranger Things, and everyone is talking about it. But with this show, I just heard a couple of people talk about it. It was very dismissed and right, kind yeah, of Yeah, right I was very upset about that, because it took a while for a second season to even get confirmed, and I was like, please come back, you know, because I, I had watched the show as soon as it came out. I was like, please. Well, and with it, Netflix... Oh, it was 2015. Sorry, not 2014. 2015. With Netflix, I mean, it's just... Do you have an idea? Here's money. Unless it's Bloodline, which is canon. So. 
But it's like it's Sensei Cells are like expensive as hell because they they, they film, film it in like location. eight or nine or ten yeah. different locations around yeah. the world. Like it's, a it's show. again, yeah. So when they're Netflix when it's like, like in India, they're mm-hmm. in India filming. Mm-hmm. So also when you have these things where like you know you have these psychic conversations between two or three characters and they they're visiting each other you in locations, they're shooting that conversation locations. in umpteen yeah. locations around mm-hmm. the world. Like it's a complicated, logistically complicated gotcha. show. Yeah, on par with Game of Thrones. Yeah. We talked a little bit about it as a globe, but now let's dive right into it. La La Land kind of is sweeping away this this uh, award season based on this whole, it, we're a musical, like they used to do them, and we're Hollywood, and Hollywood's great, California's great, everything's great. And, you know, sadly, it's becoming this thing where, I mean, again, I've, I've said it to you both, really, and Tanya, that it's in my bubble, at least on the internet, and like, either you hate it or you love it. You're super cynical and like garbage trash and or it's like the most amazing thing in the world. We three have seen it. James has not, sadly. But no, yeah. uh, he can discuss and how, how much he loves Ryan Gosling's hair. I do love Ryan Gosling's hair. <laughs> how do we feel in general, like as a movie? <coughs> alone in a capsule, how does La La Land make you feel? Good. Like, it's a good movie. I'm not going to say yeah. that it's not a good movie. Um, it's beautiful. Like, it's visually, it's just like fantastic. Um, I really liked the music. I don't know if I don't know if there's a varying opinion on that going around. Bit. Yeah, people didn't. I thought it was that it was great. Again, it's mixed. It's like people screenshotting the album on Spotify and like can't get this out of my head. Or yeah, or the music opposite. was trash. No one can mm-hmm. remember. I can't remember. I any think the, the song. music itself was fine. What what I had a problem with, um, like the music in terms of like the lyrics and everything, was fine with me. I don't think either of them are very strong singers, which kind of ruined it for me. Um, hmm. I shouldn't say ruined it. Like, it wasn't like I fucking... You mean I can't like Emma Stone and, and Goss, Ryan Gosling? Yeah, I didn't find them very strong singers. Hmm. I, especially him. Um, yeah, I would say, like, when he had his scenes, it, it really felt like... You know when, obviously, they record the singing and then they do the acting and they mm-hmm. put it together? For him, I could kind of tell that that was happening more than I would like to. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't think it was it was bad. It didn't I could just like, tell that it was like studio. Yeah, it wasn't versus. so horrible that it like took me out of the scene where I was like, oh my god, I can't even listen to this. I just felt like if we were gonna do a musical where I mean, yeah, we're throwing it back to when you know musicals were the rage. But then people, the people who got cast in musicals back then really had to be able to sing and dance and put on the whole show. Whereas now I feel like they were just like, oh, Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, people will go see them. They can kind of sing, right? Like, let's, you know. Well, I don't know. In, well, in their defense, I'm yeah. going to say, like, I listened to an episode of the podcast Song Exploder where they mm-hmm. get, like, the artists in and they break down the songs and they'll, like, zero out bits of the track and talk about how they wrote it or recorded it, stuff like that. And they did one with uh the guy who wrote mm-hmm. justin harlitz yeah was it probably him I don't he know. wrote the music again yeah okay so him um and they did not i don't know the name of it but it was the one where she sings about like her aunt being in paris and whatnot mm-hmm. yeah okay. yeah and like he said like that um and i don't know if this is true for all the music in the, in the movie but yeah. at least that one that wasn't recorded in a studio that was recorded yeah. as they filmed it that was so like really. so that's there it's like lay like lay miz like they yeah. sung it live that, well that was her best or at least in that well. in that, that one song that so was... like the imperfections are like because it's not a studio track they didn't go back and redo it and redo hmm. it and polish it it's like no this is the song which, as we perform which worked it kind of for thing. the setting in which she sings it because um, she's standing still 
Yeah, and she, <laughs> well, yeah, well, but she's enough, also she's okay. she's in a in a audition, right? This is the same one we're talking yes. about. Yes, right? yeah. and yeah. that was her best musical moment in the whole show, obviously. And it's meant to be because it's like her standalone, her finishing song. Um, my thing with Emma Stone, I again, her both of them, I didn't. I thought their singing was fine. My only issue with her was in certain songs. I found she went a little too high in the sense that she's trying to sound really ultra feminine and really girly and i think that often um i find female voices to sound better when they kind of go to their like natural hmm. maybe sometimes lower bravado like in the way that she speaks yeah that's what her singing should sound like and there was multiple times where her voice went like real girlish and high and i was like it sounds fake like it sounds like when and i like girls sometimes put on a fake voice you know like are you aware like even like on the phone, yeah. Like, like if I'm girl, speaking yeah. on the phone, I have to be like aware. Like you put on a higher voice. Oh yeah. Don't mean to, but it just happens. Mm -hmm. Like your customer service voice. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's what it. That's what little <laughs> some like bits of her singing sounded like to me. Mm -hmm. It was like you're trying to go that high and be that feminine when you don't need to do it like that. You can. Where, sound whereas good Ryan and, stayed down low and was kind of like, I'm not gonna like try to go above and beyond with, what I sound like. With the singing, I would have. It breaks down, it works for me with her in the sense that, you know, she's trying to make it and no one's really that good who goes to LA, only a couple of people are actually incredible. Uh, but with him, he's this musician, he's dedicated his life to it, he, he's he's breaking down, like he, he's breaking his back for jazz and all this stuff and he really wants to make it. So with him, it breaks a little bit more where I'm like, oh, if he has the talent, raw talent, and it's better, but he... He does have, you know, he's just, he's trying very hard. He's not as, you know, the singing, it, you can notice it at times, at least for me, I was like, oh yeah, a little bit of that is like not great, but he's putting this show, but with Stone, I just, the moment she walks in, I'm just like, yeah, you are, you are this person, you are this, you are the, you know, usually with musicals, we, we talked about this before, like it's awkward sometimes you're just like talking and then, and then like, they break that, the song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people have to like pretend like, oh, this is fine. This is what I'm doing on my normal life until my <laughs> this time is totally to sing. What happens, yeah. It happens. And actually with her alone, she worked the scenes beautifully in my opinion. However, I would have wished the music, that the music numbers would have intertwined a little bit better with the story. The first one is great. I love the in the highway they're just all singing about yeah. how great that was like, a really good start yeah. yeah but then it just it feels a little bit more like man what is going to happen we're gonna sing like mm -hmm. it doesn't feel as natural as I would have wanted it but I mean there's moments in, in when they're, both of them are singing City of Stars where she kind of like doesn't break a line but just says something that is on the cusp of not making it really with the melody and they both laugh and it's still in the soundtrack and I'm just like oh this is, this is real this is real <laughs> I mean, like putting so putting like we said, it's visually it's gorgeous, stunning, beautiful. Aside from the music, if we're just going to talk about the acting of it, she was so good. Like I, when she won the Golden Globe for that, and I hadn't seen it at that point, so I was like, I can't really have an opinion. And now that I've seen it, I'm like, yeah, like there was no moment in that that I didn't like. Of yeah, her. I did really, really like her performance. Um, I I really love the scene where she goes into that audition and she gets interrupted. When she's on the phone. And just the emotion in her face, mm -hmm. like, I was just like, I was sold. Like, she was really good. Like, yeah, singing aside, her performance, like, I think blew his away. Yeah, she was the um, star of that, yeah. for sure. And 
I don't think I've ever seen someone convey so much emotion in their face, like at all moments mm-hmm. of a movie. Yeah. Like she was never just like blank faced. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. why I love that scene so much because she goes through like a myriad of emotions just in that one scene where they're like close up on and her. The and the thing is, she can disarm you while laughing with you and she can laugh at you in the next second. Like when when it's that LA party <laughs> and uh, and she and she finds him there and is like, fuck you for what you did to me. That's I'm gonna so do great. This. I love that and scene. And she's like laughing and dancing and then yeah. she's like, you know, you fucking asshole. It's it's so good. Like yeah. she's incredible in it. Which by the way, just a quick sidebar, like when my favorite song is the the one where the friends are trying to get her to go out to the mm. party. It's so short but it's so good. <laughs> Sadly, like after that I was just like, Oh please, no more parties in LA in the back of my head. Kind no. No. Mm. Kanye. No, I know what you're like saying. Pablo. No. You like you yeah. wanted that to play or like Yeah, like in my head I was like No hearing the it beat. Can't. But um it yeah, I don't know. I just it's 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 not the greatest movie of ever. Like it's not this fantastical yeah. story, but it's so beautiful and so the moments when when it's, they're just dancing and they're just talking and they're just and then all of a sudden it's like oh we're floating in space. They don't feel like stupid to me or no silly or whatnot. It's funny because I I fully went into this movie expecting and kind of wanting to not like it. Yeah, with your pitchfork ready. <laughs> you know, because, because I knew that it was going to be the one that went up against Moonlight. Um, I still don't think there's any question there, but I loved, I really, really loved La La Land. I loved the experience mm-hmm. of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's almost hard to... I'm at the point where I can see it. Like, I'm, I'm pretty much cool with it, like winning everything just don't get best picture that's kind of where i'm at like because you know ryan gosling's not gonna get shit for that really do you think like no but emma stone take it music take it like all the production stuff take it just don't take best picture and i think i'll be it's fine i don't know see there's the thing about best picture is when best picture wins it goes mostly to the producers it does which in moonlight's case is all the white people with the money which is why I would really like to see someone like Barry Jenkins take it home for director or screenplay. Um, so I wouldn't be happy if mm-hmm. La La Land sw- swept again and took all those awards and then they threw Moonlight Best Picture. I mean, like, I would, I I would can, be like, yes, it is Best Picture, but it would bother but me I can if it got see nothing that else. That's no, what I'm envisioning. Yeah. Because last year it was like, what swept last year? And then it was like Spotlight Best Picture. And you were like, whoa, Spotlight, cool. Yeah, um, but Revenant. something else swept. The Revenant swept. Yeah. I feel that same thing coming on where it's like, mm-hmm. well, one's going to get a fuck ton of stuff. But they they might like to do that again where they throw a curve at you for Best yeah. Picture of something that they know is really critically like... Yeah, fantastic. They'll get the momentum of it. Like, they can they 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 can't really respond to the nominations of the Golden Globes because the nominations of are, course, yeah. have already been sent. But they can respond in the awards. Who who gets yeah, it? Totally. And in my head, they've they've listened to the to the backlash of it and just be like, we'll we'll figure out if they want Moonlight to get a mix of awards. Probably Ali will get his. I was gonna say, do we think? Because that's he's not I going up so. against La La Land. I think so. One. No, it's he's he's probably getting it. I mean, it's again, it's a Hollywood for press. They're fucking crazy, insane, and they can be bought. Uh, <laughs> True. The big case will be if the Oscars, the Academy, will be too. This is so great. Remember how we used to do this, guys, about mm-hmm. La La Land? Yeah, of or mm-hmm. Moonlight is a deeply critical, is a deeply powerful movie that needs to be rewarded in one way or another where I know the producers will get the award and everything else but it's still a big 
This is what they agreed to be the yeah. best movie of the year. All the performances are good. All the all the directing decisions are incredible. The cinematography of it is beautiful. It's a powerful, intimate story that doesn't really get told, and we're rewarding it with this. Yeah. We'll see how it breaks down. There's a lot of people who are mostly pissed that Moonlight is not winning a lot of stuff. I would say Barry Jenkins should get director mm-hmm. for how involved he is in that in this story. It's his story. Like I don't know how you don't get. Well, it's mixed him. with the, well, with the yeah. writer though. Yeah, they, yeah. It kind of fused Tyrell their lives. Tyrell Craney, shout out, yes. Can I say one more thing about La La Land before we like jump off of it? Mm-hmm. Um, since we've touched on most everything else, the story of it, which, I mean, you know, if you want to just like be blunt about it, it's like two white people fall in love and you go through their relationship. But mm-hmm. um, are you adding me, Bailey? That's how a lot of people could describe <laughs> yeah, it. That's yeah. like the gist, right? Yeah. But I will say that I always do, it's obviously not the first movie to do this, won't be the last movie to do this, but I can appreciate a story, a love story, where it kind of ends in a more maybe realistic way, or it Mm -hmm. goes, it shows a lot of the flaws of the relationship. It shows, like, Ryan Gosling's, like, kind of a dick in some of it. Like, it shows... The, the actual flaws and it's and it's like I don't want should I spoil it for James I don't know don't can I doesn't care these two people have this like beautiful romance and and they it, they don't have, they don't end up together and I feel like that is like the truest love story of all love stories well yeah because and I like to see it and I, I like, like to see a sad ending in movies I like the okay ed- good <laughs> yeah. good in movies good <laughs> by the way when when we get home, you start packing your stuff. Um, in movies, I like to see that. Yeah. I just that's just, I'm like that in in movies and TV and books and anything. Mm. I just I like a sad ending. I like shit to be a bit more melancholy. I don't always love it to be tied up neatly with a bow and they get married and have kids. I kind of like that always longing for your love that was lost due to poor timing. Yeah, because like, I, 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 I like so that real. story. And I like too that like. The message there where it's like to get something you want you might have to give up something you also want you know what yeah. i mean because i mean they have that whole discussion where the, where she's like i'm going to paris and you're you should stay here and open your club so you cut you know that it's not going to work out um and that's that's life sometimes you have to pick the bigger dream you know what i mean for sure and like the final bit of it where they go through and show how things could have been basically if everything had gone right. Yeah, that whole montage. And then you get too. to the end and it's like, but it didn't go right. J.K. Yeah. Simmons being like, but at the yeah. same time, I kind of <laughs> like. At the same time, I kind of like that even though they didn't end up together, they're not. They don't look like unhappy people. Like she, yeah, yeah. she's in this marriage that seems, you know, fine. Like it's not her first, her true love. Maybe like Ryan's character was, but like you know, she has this kid. She has this career. She loves. He has his jazz club, right? So it's. It's, they smile at each other at the end of it. Yeah. So it gives so you it's that not, little, like, Yeah, it's not like a total, like, oh, my God, they didn't end up together, and now they're, like, totally regretting it, like, you know? Like, yeah. At the end of all that beautiful stuff and singing and how happy it made me feel, I was kind of, like... And then it broke, and then it kind of cracks your heart a little at the end, and I'm like, cool, thanks. Because I didn't really <laughs> want it to be, like, all an upper. Yeah. 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 You should see it. You should see it, James. It's uh I will. It's really good. But you know what you should also see, which you're real late to the party on? Oh you haven't seen Moonlight? No. Yeah, James. It's dude, it's still playing. It's 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 gonna have a long life, a long time. I don't know how you it'll have an even longer life on Netflix when the time comes. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it on a big screen. It's one of those movies, man. 
really? Yeah. It's, it looks it's so, a visual spectacle. It's beautifully shot, really? man. It's gorgeous, yeah. Yeah, there's some ex- beautifully expansive... Like, if there's anything, if there's any movie... To, and not even just because we think it's the best one, it's because when the Oscars roll around, you're just going to be like twiddling your fucking thumbs when we're having this conversation. No, it is because I think it. it's the best one in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's it's worth it to see it in the theater. I don't have that much free time. I do get hard to like find two hours. Yeah, yeah. I do understand that for for you specifically. Travel time. So now we're gonna wrap it up with a little segment of our most anticipated either TV shows or movies coming out this year, twenty seventeen, new beginnings. Um, who wants to get this going? I'll start. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I was having a tough time coming up with my actual one because I thought, like, we'll just do one, each one, and it'll be cool. But since James, James said, that like, he's man. So. Well, no, I was just, like, flipping around, like, what do I, what, what is coming out? Hopefully these so. aren't exactly the same ones that James's has. But um, <laughs> coming up, Star Wars, of course, episode 8. Obviously. Uh, I feel like that kind of goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the like, most movie of the year because, you know. Ray, uh, what happened? Uh, Finn, are you okay? Poe, Finn, are you guys fucking now or what? Um, they would never. What just happened? Hey, you don't know. You don't know. They would never. <laughs> we, we don't settle that in another movie. And they're like, <laughs> so I was like, wait, Ray, what? Who, what? I was uh, like, Ray came out a long time ago, man. Like, yeah, I was thinking that too at first. <laughs> <laughs> John Wick 2. Uh, finally, the sequel mm-hmm, of John Wick. Mm-hmm. It looks bigger, better, better. Everything looks perfect about this movie. Keanu Reeves is kicking ass. Uh, the dog hopefully won't die on this one. <laughs> uh, Alien Covenant. That's coming out this year. And, you know, people were burned by... And I can't remember what the last Prometheus. one was. Prometheus. Yeah. I dug it. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, the cinematography of it. And it looks really cool. And it's like a little bit it. of a cool, like, oh, neat. But it, I didn't really need to know what made the alien to know that Ripley's fucking cool. <laughs> uh, but this one looks very interesting. James Franco's in it. Uh, Danny McBride is in it. Whoa, was that some hate of James Franco? We, I, I feel like I've mentioned this. I'm tired. Like I'm just tired of James Franco. <laughs> like, you know, if, I don't if know that Italian I hate Italian household has to love Sylvester Stallone, how can you hate James Franco? I don't think Franco? he's Italian, right? Like, I thought he was, but I don't think he actually is. Anyways, Catherine... I think he just has a really Italian-sounding last name. Catherine Watterson <laughs> is in it, and that's my actual, like, ooh, because she's been ooh. on a really good... Uh, she was in Inherent Vice and Fantastic Beasts. Did you guys end up seeing Fantastic Beasts? Nope. No, no. I tried to go. No, I did. Oh. I actually liked it quite a bit. Hmm. 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 It's, I'm pretty sure it's like still playing. So Probably. It's possible. Yeah. Probably. Um, Jinx. Damn it. And my last one, <laughs> Blade Runner 2049. Because there's more Ryan Gosling, Denny Villeneuve, whatever his name is. And <laughs> They're usually really good with names. Harrison Ford comes back to it. I remember I said Dennis, it. and he, like, corrected me. Yeah, and I was Denny like, fuck you. It's Villeneuve. So now you, you okay. fucked up his last name. So I'm going to bring you guys inside the joke. I kind of did Denny Villeneuve is part of the, is the director, and he's kind of accepted that this is a very high-stakes uh, directorial thing mm-hmm. for him. He could mess it up real bad, but the trailer looks real good, and I'm really excited. I'll go next, because uh, I thought of some while you were talking. Um, <laughs> you didn't I, think about it before, huh? I, th- I thought about one, and then I remembered that we could include TV, and then I thought of one. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like uh, film, like drama, I, I really haven't like watched enough trailers of stuff to get pumped on anything. I'm 
sure that there will be tons of movies coming out this year that I'm like, oh, I've got to see that. But at this point, I'm just not informed enough. Mm -hmm. uh, but the one film that I am obviously stoked for is Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. Finally, mm -hmm. a Spider-Man that looks young enough to be in high school and is funny. <laughs> and we've seen a preview of him already, and he's great. It's funny because I recently watched the, the original. Like, no, uh, no, no, the Civil War. Civil War. Oh, mm. okay. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I loved him. Isn't he great? Right? He was so good. I so know. I was like, now I'm excited. He was the best. Yeah. I'm so excited to see that one. It's going to be the best Spider-Man ever. And we don't have to watch another origin story. They're just like, no, you guys you guys know where it comes from. Uncle Ben. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. He's so, Spider-Man. Very excited for that one. Um, next month. Final season of Girls, mm. so oh, right. I am highly anticipating. I feel like I watched that trailer. I'm scared. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they that... all die in the end. No, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm... It turns out it was all a dream. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's god. It's like the, the last two minutes of the last episode is like Carrie Bradshaw waking up and being like, "Oh, what was that?" <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> or, or it'll be like a Gilmore Shit. Girls end where they like, it'll show like the manuscript of the book and she'll be no. like. Hey. <laughs> it's all girls. I would die. No, I'm I'm nervous because there was some leaked photos of Lena Dunham in like on set with like a pregnant belly. No, mm. oh, really? Yeah, and so I think she, Hannah might get pregnant in the story, and I just who she, was she with? Or like nobody. Like oh, that's okay. the so thing. Is, I don't know. It, yeah. So it's it's like I don't know if that's if that's actually yeah. happening, but it's on my radar and it makes me nervous. I feel like that's a cheap end. I know, that's the thing is I don't want them to... Well, let's not judge until it actually comes out, but... I'm afraid that they are that they feel like they need something, another push of her to finish it, and I don't know that that's true, so I'm just a little bit nervous. And there was also some hinting in the latest trailer that I saw that, like, Marnie's character, who in the last season we saw so much from, like, Allison Williams was so good, and she ends up, like, leaving her husband, which is a huge deal. And the latest trailer shows, it kind of hints that like she might be like, like fucking him again, even though she's dating somebody else. And I'm like, can we not like- Is she in the car with him? Isn't that? Yes. Yeah, okay. And Hannah says something about like her escapades or something, like they, mm -hmm. they allude. And I just don't like- They watch Gilmore Girls, the revival. Cause you said oh. she's- I just, oh, yeah. I'm, I get what you're saying. That's a joke, it's a joke. I, I don't you. know anything about these shows. I'm, I'm fine with like characters <laughs> fucking up and making mistakes, but it's like, you have to understand that this whole five seasons has been these characters fucking up and making mistakes, especially Marnie. So it's like, and she's finally Marnie's taken a horrible. step and I just need her to stay there because I finally like her after five seasons. Yeah. I hated her character the entire time and I finally like her now. Maybe that's the thing, you're just supposed to hate her the whole time. Maybe, I don't know. But it's, um, I'm so, I'm not sure what show I'm thinking of, but it was like the same kind of thing where like maybe it was like Rescue Me or something where I was really into it, but I was like I can't I can't watch these guys do just fuck up over yeah. and over and over like like at like some point mistake. something good it needs to, to sustain yeah and like it's it's really frustrating after a while and it's hard to stick with the show. Do you like Jessa and and oh fuck what's and his Adam? Name? Yeah. Um, because that, I, again, I haven't watched the show in a couple I seasons, predicted, so that surprised me. I saw the hints for that, so when it happened, I was a little surprised but not shocked. Do I like it? Um, I think I like Hannah too much. Like, I, I, I'm too much in Hannah's shoes where that I would be hurt by that situation, that I can't get 100% on board with it, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. I get why they should be together. 
but I don't love it. But anyway, a side point, my last thing that I was looking forward to was Young Pope. Young Pope! Which is actually <laughs> airs tonight, and we're missing it. I found, yeah, before I came here, I realized it was airing tonight, and I didn't yeah. know that it was coming out that, that Jude soon. Law here's what is it is, James. Pope. He's <laughs> young. Okay. He's the Pope. But he's young. Like, he's is, young. This, <laughs> is, this like, is this a current day thing? or is this I don't know, but he's the young Pope. Pope. You know, it seems like it's, it's current terrible. day. Yeah, it seems current day. It's HBO. He's, he's, like a, he's like a cardinal in New York, and for some reason he becomes the Pope, and everyone's against it, but he's still the Pope. <laughs> but then Diane Keaton's in it, and he's work. like asking for her help, but he is also messing up, and there's hints of... Yeah, like I'm interested, but confused. I mean, it's not like he happened. accidentally becomes Pope. It's not like, like a... What's that? What's that show with Kiefer Sutherland where he winds up president? <laughs> That's yeah. nice yeah. Like you don't, you don't, you, know, you don't no, fall no one, into being it because everybody else. I mean, the Pope, the old Pope, had to like, die. So I he, think he just have to like forget how he became the Pope and just like, like embrace he's young, the world the young of the pope. young Pope, and it's gonna be fucking weird. So I'm, I'm okay. gonna see what the fuck happens with that. I'm gonna jump on that and be like that, <laughs> that Michelle, not Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, Reese Witherspoon. Oh yes. That David Fincher esque. Yes. Big Little Lies. That yes. was one of mine. That looks. Oh, good sorry. Too. Stole it. God. Throw it back, Brian. You Go- had your chance. Go ahead. Break down where you love it. Um, I think because it kind of looks like um, <laughs> um, it kind of reminds me of something that could go really Gone Girl esque, which mm. I'm totally fucking down for. I'm mm-hmm. I am for some crazy white suburban ladies, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and Zoe Kravitz. And Zoe Kravitz, yeah. yeah, randomly thrown in. I don't know if she's supposed to play one of the moms as well, because basically what it's about is um, a bunch of moms. Shailene Woodley is like the young mom that moves to this to Monterey, and there's these kind of like you know suburban Stedford Stedfordy kind of women she falls in with other moms, um, and then a murder happens. Which is about as much as I know. Sounds like um, Desperate Housewives. Who done it? Fincher-y. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, so and but I feel like it could be one of those things where after a couple episodes I'm like I'm over it. But I I'm willing to see how it plays out. It's also like directed by the same dude who did um, Wild and like oh. uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Mm, okay. um, so yeah, there's some clout behind it that makes me think that it. It seems promising. So that would be my TV pick. I think that com- that comes out next month, you were saying, right? Yeah, very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, my movie pick would probably be Dunkirk. Um, mostly because Good I choice. feel like um, Chris Nolan. Uh, Chris Nolan? Christopher Nolan. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say another Nolan. Is there another Jonah Nolan? Nolan. Yeah, that's Westworld, right? The mind behind Westworld. There we go. Yeah, Greatest so, show ever. Mostly because I feel like Christopher <laughs> Nolan, like, inceptioned me and was like you know, went into my mind and, like, wanted to find out, like, the three actors that I would love to see in a movie together and, like, made it happen with, like, Killian Murphy and Tom Hardy and, like, hey, let's throw in a One Direction member. So I'm, like, really oh. stoked <laughs> to see how this goes. I thought you were going to say, say Mark Rylance. Oh, no, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm really stoked just because you know that means that they had, that they made Harry Styles finally cut his damn hair. Yes, that was a big thing. That was a big <laughs> thing. Um, but, yeah, so it's one of those things. There's a, I'm watching it for a couple reasons. I want to see how horrible or how good Harry Styles is. Um, and also, I mean, Killian Murphy, Tom Hardy, who, like, I'm a big fan of Peaky Blinders. I don't know if anyone watched Peaky Blinders. I haven't seen it yet. It's so good. But anyways, that they're, like, teamed up in that as well, um, Tom and Killian, and they have, like, this great, like, on-screen thing. I don't even know if they're going to have scenes together in this movie, but well, if Tom they Tom Hardy do... looks to be hanging out with his concurrent mask and just be like... <laughs> Yeah, no, people. I just like you know I don't know, but 
Didn't he be wind up seeing Legend, by the way? This is a quick side. I feel Tom like Hardy I watched aside. half of it once. I did. It wasn't. It was weird. It wasn't great. But yeah. Like, his I performance wasn't that, was really cool. Yeah. Like, he's weird in everything. Yeah. Like that's just an acceptance. He has yeah. that effect show right now that he wrote with his dad and it's like in the woods or something. Oh, but that's kind of it looks weird as fuck. I want I was excited <laughs> at first because it's actually done by the same guy who does Peaky Blinders. Um until I found out that they wrote Tom Hardy's character to be a biracial man. Well, who is Well, and he gets called the N-word try. a lot in the show and I'm like Maybe you shouldn't have wrote that. I don't know why you and your father wrote that and thought that was cool for you to play. <laughs> they got but... drunk one night and they're like, cool, cool. And then they yeah. flip some axes or whatnot. But yeah, also Dunkirk seems to be like beautifully shot. So mm-hmm. you know that's going to be like a spectacle, right? It needs to be like watching IMAX and all that crap. Probably, I feel like yeah. I still would not go to IMAX. <laughs> Chris Nolan and Jonah Nolan both, they're very disappointed. Yeah. Anything else, Tanya? Mm, I think that's, I think that... But wraps it up. Cool. All right, James, whip the All list. All right. Oh, right. Here we go. <laughs> no, you still haven't gone yet. I thought we were done. Because <laughs> I'm professional. I made notes. Welcome to your seatbelts, gentlemen. Um, well, we've already named a lot of the stuff that I was looking forward to, like Blade Runner and Alien Covenant and uh, Star Wars, Spider-Man, etc. Um, movie-wise, I got to say I'm really psyched about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, yeah. Baby In Groot. big, bad way. I am pretty much, yeah, Baby Groot is the selling the point way. for me. Yeah. I I'm so psyched for that. Like, it, there's no way it's gonna even come close to sucking. So I'm pretty excited. I feel like it's it's probably for my money like the the biggest lock on like it will for sure be good of like any of the movies that hmm. coming out that I know of anyway. This year or the Marvel movies? Uh, this like this year. Oh, like, there's a lot where it's like, I mean, it could be good. Like, it's got a good cast. Like, mm-hmm. hopefully, like the trailer looks good. You can make anything look good with a good with a trailer, right? Are your friend like, Guardians is gonna be more of the same? Kind of, but I, I mean, I watched the trailer and like they have Mantis in it and they have like, I mean, they have Baby Groot. That's kind of great. And there's <laughs> Baby Groot. There's a they don't. I it'll be more of the same, but not because like they have a whole, literally a whole universe that they can play with, so they can. If they someone can actually says the lines Baby Groot, I will be very happy with this movie. I'm gonna be very happy so if they do that. Um. Similar, you know, along a similar line, I'm pretty psyched for Logan. Mm. In a big bad way. Mm. That looks yeah, amazing. Yeah, I would say I'm excited for Logan too. Yeah. yeah. We didn't really get to talk about the trailer when that came out, but it looks weird in the timeline of the X Men, but the timeline of the X Men is fucking it's all garbage. Over the place, yeah. No, I think, like, um, there's enough. I, I should stop name dropping other podcasts, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Go watch in the, those. In the great podcast <laughs> news, friends, uh, Mike. <laughs> No, it was the guy, one of the guys on another, the host of another podcast, like he was at a, a film festival where they played the first 40 minutes of Logan. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, you know, like lock and key, can't talk about what he saw exactly, but he's like, it was phenomenal. And he's like, and also like, it's rated R. It's, it's not like a PG-13 X-Men movie. So it's like, there's, you know, when people get sliced with metal or bone blade, like they bleed. And like mm-hmm. both Logan and like <laughs> Professor X are like cussing up a storm, cussing a bunch, and it's like it's like it's a rated R movie, and I'm like, wow. sweet. I think after Finally. Deadpool, Fox was like, if the, also this like, is oh, the last we one, we can do yeah. a rated R so movie, like, like, we'll see it and love it. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Throw totally. everything in there. So I'm, pr- I think that's going to be quite a quite a scene, because I mean, it's his last one, right? So yeah. yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hugh, you're I mean, still buff as fuck. Come by. I mean, how many of the, how many of the like Avengers movies have been like so and so's last one until you know contract negotiations? Well, there's come always back the threat of and, anyways, yeah, this I is mean, too much. You're yeah, next, yeah, yeah, next one. Um, and then uh, I don't know. There's like just a bunch of movies, but um, and then on the TV side, obviously Sense Eight coming back. Oh right, got, which we already talked yeah. about. Yeah, shit, we just went on it. <laughs> I totally forgot. Um, I, I would have put Iron Fist on this, but like after Luke Cage, I'm a little, uh, yeah. I'm a little gun shy because yeah. that just wasn't great. Um, but I'm still gonna watch the whole damn thing. Oh, can I just throw um, in there just for me? Do it. Sure. You guys have no comment. The Get Down is coming back. Oh, <laughs> damn. Oh, I still haven't watched the first. Please no, watch yeah. it so I can talk about no, I, I will, I will. it. No, I will. Yeah, even I if you hate will. it, just so, like, you know, no, I like have someone to discourse. Right yeah. alley. I just haven't got around to it. It's weird, though, because it's not the second season that's coming out. What they did was they split the first season. Yeah. So the last six episodes of the first season are coming sometime this, this year. Weird, so yeah. I'm excited for that. Um, and then the other one on TV I'm looking forward to is called Crashing. It's an HBO sitcom starring oh. Pete Holmes, where kind of based on his uh, yes, oh, his life. Is that Apatow? Yeah, Jenna yeah, Apatow yeah, produced. It's his latest yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks really good. It looks really funny. What is it about? Um, so Pete, it's about uh, comedian Pete Holmes. His when he was um, he grew up like super Christian and whatnot, and um, married the um, his college sweetheart and whatnot, and then like uh, got divorced. In his mid late twenties, um, she like she left him for another guy, and, and he was while he was like getting his comedy career going. So he kind of wound up couch surfing with his like sort of his words like his dirtbag no. like comedian friends. So it's like so it's this kind of play up of that where he's like he's learning to not like he's you know very um, like sheltered or whatever. But oh, and so he gets like this this like awakening of like oh like you're crashing on like tj miller's couch or you're yeah, crashing, yeah. you know so like that's kind of yeah cool. like like the trailer looks really looks really good mm, and it looks it looked pretty funny and it's got like like everybody under the sun of course is making at least a cameo like every oh, comedian yeah. ever so it looks it looks to be pretty fun i think it's a i think it's a half hour sitcom yeah so it's not like a Tremendous investment. Jen Apatow um, was like, "Girls is done. What am I going to do now? I'll yeah. do this. I'll, anything that he's doing, I'm, I'm in." Yeah, I'm yeah. usually pretty so. behind. Trainwreck two is on hold. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a, and I'm a really big fan of like of Peace. I think he's really, really, really funny, and I like his podcast. Sorry. What? Um, so like so you know just the fact that he's finally getting like a scripted thing. Did anybody see like he used to have a show on TBS after Conan? He had a like a talk show. Oh, I, for, so. I remember the commercials like a, for like a, a year or so, watching. like hmm. less than a year. It was it was really funny. I always felt so. like he he's gone under the radar a lot, and every time it seemed like in even five minutes of his special or anything like that, I'm like, huh, that's pretty good. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's really funny. So I'm I'm fingers crossed for him and for me as an audience member that it's good. So cool. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We can stop there. And Shit's Creek just started again. So. Shit's Creek is fast. <laughs> See on every bus billboard. That's my yeah. own knowledge. Whole of Whole buses, Creek. like Shit all Creek. six sides. They, they want to make Creek's it work. Twenty seventeen. Shit's Creek is so good. It's fucking Shit's Creek. What? Watch it. Just <laughs> watch the show, Brian. We're really throwing it back to early fiction faction right now. This is like one of the first arguments we ever had with Shit. It's so good. On a, on a super tiny bubble, Doctor Who comes back this year. I'm very excited. I'm gonna catch up, and uh, I love Doctor Who. 
Remember, remember to go to newsfriends.net because <laughs> there's podcasts there from Michael Lillick. He's very funny. He does a lot of work for that stuff. Uh, we have a political podcast in there that should get very saucy this year with a <laughs> yeah, lot of stuff. Uh, we still don't have a name, so I was uh, just going to ask. Do you have a name yet? You really need to get on that. Yeah, I haven't really like thought. But about if it. you like Brian, there's more Brian in that one. Definitely. So. Well, uh, except for the part where, we, where Edric starts talking about Canadian policies and I just fell asleep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, remember, Fiction Faction is on iTunes. We, you can check us out. We'll tweet out the link and other craps. Follow us on Twitter. Tanya at TR Camiso. Mm-hmm. Bailey at B. Nicholson Sick Yeah, that's right. Yeah. One, of, one of my resolutions for 2017 is to tweet more often. Tweet. And that includes like tweeting out when we release episodes because I never social media anything. Let's tweet at Donald Trump. <laughs> Just be like, hey, check out our podcast. We'll make America great again. Mm, maybe not that. <laughs> I have well, a wedding to go to in the States uh, this year. So that, let's, let's not ruffle let's not, let's not do that just yet. That's too bad for you, James. <laughs> uh, follow James at James W. Smith at North Delta Reporter at other craps and stuff that he's great at. Tenet works at... Where do you work? <laughs> Western Investor Magazine. Oh, you're doing so well. Oh, Check out that website because she does a lot of the web digital stuff in there. Bailey does a lot of work for CKNW. You can sometimes hear her there live on the radio. You can indeed. Saying the mayor's an idiot for not covering the snow. And you can find me at MCG Brian. Thank you so much for listening. We're Fiction Faction. We're out. Just waiting to be